So today's reading from Acts is challenging. Taken by itself, it seems that Stephen, right after declaring Christ as God, is driven out of the city and killed. It's a scary event, an event witnessed by Saul, the man who will become one of the primary characters in the rest of the book. These verses are a turning point, but it's hard to see that when we focus in so closely on them, just five verses that we heard today. So let's pull back a bit and put this event in its larger context. Stephen was an apostle in Jerusalem, and he was doing wondrous things, healing people, being present to them, sharing loving kindness. In fact, Stephen's ministry is named after Stephen. He was a good guy. He spoke with great conviction about the life he felt that he and those who believe in Christ as the Son of God were meant to follow. He was accused of blasphemy, and in response, Stephen shared his faith with the people, and he did it at great length, like 55 verses long. It's a long speech. And we heard the very end of it. And Stephen does what so many people in the Bible do. He looks back at the history of the people to help tell the story of what is happening in the present. But it is important to remember that when he and others do this, it is not as a reminder to focus on the specifics of the events that happened or as a way of saying that life was better back then. Instead, he is calling us all to remember that God has always been doing new things. He remembers that when God came to Abram and Sarai and told them that they should leave everything they had ever known, God was asking them to trust that God was doing a new thing. That despite not having any idea how it would work out or what it would look like, they should follow God and go. Stephen remembers that when God spoke to Joseph in his dreams, God was letting Joseph know that God was doing a new thing and that Joseph should trust that God was working all things out for good. This didn't look great for a while. Those dreams really riled up Joseph's brothers and they tried to kill him. But ultimately, it did lead him to Egypt and to helping to save the people from starvation. Despite pain and suffering and having no idea how it, it would work out or what it would look like, Joseph knew that he should follow God. Stephen remembers that when God spoke to Moses, God was letting Moses know that God was doing a new thing and that Moses should trust that God was working all things out for good. These are the stories that Stephen told. Not to focus on the specifics of what happened, but to lift up that common thread. God is always doing new things. God is always inviting us to move forward into new things. God is always doing the work of redemption and transformation and creation. Creation is always happening. And the story of Stephen also reminds us that people are always afraid of that. Always. Joseph's brothers were full of fear. The people in the desert following Moses were full of fear. There are always people who have trouble letting go of what has been and looking towards what God is doing in this moment. 
I have certainly been one of them and still can be some days. We are not meant to look at this story and judge or blame or cast aspersions. This is not a story about othering. Like Michelle Bullock reminded us in her sermon last week, these types of stories could be interpreted as an us versus them, good versus bad, but that is not of God. Stephen doesn't have anger towards those who are so full of fear that they want to continue to look back at what was instead of seeing that this is just the latest in God's forever creating power. Our psalm can help us turn our gaze towards what God is doing next. We take refuge in the Lord, it tells us. We lean on the Lord as our strong rock, our castle to keep us safe. And verse 21 of this psalm, which we didn't read this morning, says, Blessed be the Lord, for he has shown me the wonders of his love in a besieged city. I love that verse. It's very important to me. The first time I really heard it was in April of 2020. I was sitting in front of a computer screen attending morning prayer as part of the seminary community at Virginia Theological Seminary. And attendance at communal service, uh, one communal service per day was required, but we were no longer able to gather as a community, so we were all stuck in our dorm rooms or in our on-campus apartments watching Zoom boxes and attempting to find community in the midst of fear and panic of those early days of the pandemic. I was struggling. I was having a really hard time adjusting. I was very angry. And I was full of questions, and I didn't know what to do. And I found it hard to focus and especially hard to feel worshipful while sitting at a desk rather than in the midst of a chapel. And I listened as a member of my community read Psalm 31. And this verse, verse 21, hit me. It sank deep into my heart. It was a moment of miracle at a time of real darkness. God was there, and I felt God's presence. I was being shown the wonders of God's love in the midst of a besieged city. There were wonders to be seen and experienced even in the midst of what felt to me at the time like complete hopelessness. God had gone ahead of us. I had no idea where we were going and what would be revealed, but like Abraham and Joseph and Moses and countless others, I could live in fear and God would still do a new thing, where I could open my eyes to the wonders that God was inviting me into. God shows us the wonders of his love in a besieged city. That doesn't mean we are to hunker down. That means we are to open our eyes and see the wonders that are always with us. There are many things to take away from what Stephen said in that lengthy speech during his trial, but our psalm helps us re remember that one of the most important is that God is always inviting us forward to see and experience newness of life, new things, new ways of being, new ways of seeing. God is doing a new thing. Not someday. Right now. And right now. And tomorrow's right now. That means that we can stay attached to the way things have always been, but that is not the way of Christ. Jesus tells us he is the way and the truth and the life. We heard that in our gospel. The way. 
We are invited to walk the way that Jesus has shown us. We are invited to go forward to see the wonders of his love no matter where we are. Our way of life might feel besieged from time to time. We might experience great fear that the things we have no always known are changing and shifting. We do have a choice. We can stay besieged. We can live in fear and react out of fear, throwing stones at that which is new and different in an attempt to keep hold of what we know. Or we can open our eyes. We can say yes to God's invitation to walk the path of life that is unknown and, while different, will be full of the wonders of God's love. There is enough for all of us. We don't have to grasp tightly to what has been and live in fear. We can allow the way of Jesus to be our guide. We can notice the fear in ourselves and get curious about it. I wonder what God has to teach me. I wonder what new thing God is doing. I wonder what comes next. I see crowds around the world responding like that crowd that surrounded Stephen. Crowds who see that their way of life is changing. Crowds that say, no, we don't have room to make way for new things. Crowds that don't have space in their hearts for people to do things differently than they have or than they want them to. Crowds that say, well, okay, you can be different as long as your version of different doesn't make me afraid or uncomfortable or push me to question my own way of being. And that is one way to go. I won't condemn that way because I know what it is to feel besieged and to want to cling tightly to what has been. But I don't think that's what Jesus is telling us in this gospel message. Jesus is not telling us what we are to do when someday we are upgraded to that mansion in the sky. This isn't about someday. It's about right now. And we do not have to make anyone else bad and wrong, but our faith tells us that we do have to walk the way. The way of Jesus is leaving what we know and walking out into the wilderness into an unknown future in faith that God is blessing our footsteps. That is true in our own lives. It is true in the life of our town and our state and our country and the world. And it can and does often feel scary. And there are certainly days when we want to cling to what has been. But God is always going ahead of us. He's already there. Jesus has gone ahead of us, and if Christ is the way and the truth and the life, then surely we are meant to walk forward and trust that this new thing that God is making is going to be amazing. It will look different. It will feel different. And okay. Can't that be okay? We can grieve, and we should grieve, what has been and still look forward and see the wonders of his love. And that's what happens in Acts. God uses all things towards good. Despite Stephen being killed, that moment becomes the catalyst and the turning point which helps move the apostles out of Jerusalem and into the wider world. Not long after this, Saul is transformed into Paul, and the gospel of Christ is spread beyond the city. We are the recipients of that new thing that God was doing. And God doesn't stop creating. 
There is always something new afoot. Christ has gone on before us. Christ is the way. So where are we being called now? Let's find out together. <laughs>